Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. How to pray like Jesus prayed. Praying like Jesus prayed. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, we come before you this morning, and we thank you for this beautiful day that you have made, God, even as the fall weather is now approaching, Lord God, and in a few weeks we'll probably see snow, God. But we celebrate your faithfulness. It lets us know that the changing of the season, that we made it from the last season. And let us know that, oh God, there might have been times of lack, there might have been times of trials and tribulation, but we made it through because we see the changing of a season. And so we thank you for changing a season. We thank you that it is a new season. Yes, it is a new day, God. There is a fresh anointing this morning that's flowing our way, God. And so we thank you and we praise you. We ask that the word of God will go forth in power and might and that you'll touch the hearts and meet the needs of your people, that they won't leave you the same way they came. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. I want you to look at your neighbor real quick and just greet them. Just say hello. Good morning. Amen. It might be someone you don't know. Amen. Just greet them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just smile. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Tell them something good's going to happen. Oh, they don't think they believe you. You got the wrong person. Try somebody else. All right, all right, all right, all right. Something good's going to happen. Amen. Say the French shape. How you going? All right. In many languages, something good is going to happen this morning. As we conclude this message series on the topic of prayer, we haven't even really began to scratch the surface as it relates to the subject of prayer. Prayer is a subject that we can really preach 52 weeks, a whole year, on the topic. It is so vast. It, is so, it has such a depth. It has such a, 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 a big um, understanding of prayer that sometimes, you know, we're, we're just basically understanding prayer in little bits and pieces over, over these last three weeks. But I want us to understand that prayer is powerful. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. Amen. We need prayer. We would not make it without prayer. I was listening um, to a song recently by a worship leader by the name of, of Jason Upton, and he wrote this song, Teach Me How to Pray. Because so many times we, we, we think prayer is so many different things. We, we watch television shows. We see different religious icons in our society, and we think, oh, that must be the mode of prayer. Amen. We, we, we look at, at different um, religions. Amen. Different ways people pray. Some people pray by lighting candles. Some, some people pray with idols, with statues. Um, some people pray cutting the heads off of chickens and stuff. People pray all different types of ways. But what is the proper way? What is the pattern for prayer? 
Is there a formula? Is there a proper way to pray? Is it the way pastor prays? He says, oh, Lord, and oh, God, is that the way to pray? Is, 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 is it me reciting some scripture out of the book of Psalms? What is the proper way to pray? And I, and I think so many times as Christians, as followers of Christ, that many times we get confused about prayer because when we hear someone pray so, elo- pray so eloquently, we think that must be the way you pray. My prayers might not be good enough because I don't pray as eloquent and as fervent as that person. But that's not so. Today we're going to discover the meaning of prayer, praying the way Jesus prayed. Jesus gave us a pattern for prayer. He gave us a pattern for prayer. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Now, when I first became a Christian, I see so many people praying around me. I'm like, well, do you pray like that? Do you pray like this? I see, I see the old mothers in the church, they were praying songs. Amen. They would start humming and, mm, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm like, is that the way to pray? Amen. Now I see somebody over here just quiet. Is that the way to pray? They have the one who was loud. Thank you, Lord. I bless you, God. I'm like, is that the way to pray? Because the, the, the people pray, you know, as our face is different, so does the way we pray differ. And so I was like, Lord, is there a way to pray? And that was the same question that the disciples had for Jesus. Is there a way to pray? They watched Jesus praying often. Because the Bible says he prayed, he was praying in a certain place. In other words, this place was a defined place. In other words, this place was a, a, a repetitious place. This was a place that he constantly went to. It was a certain place. It was not just any place. In other words, Jesus had a place where he prayed. And his disciples were watching. They were observing him. They were, they were seeing what was happening in this certain place. Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach me how to to pray. That's your prayer this morning. Lord, teach me how to pray. And then he said this. He said, this is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiving our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, ah, but deliver us from evil. He gave us a pattern the way we should pray. Many times we call it the Lord's Prayer, but really he was giving the pattern to the disciples, so it really is the disciples' prayer. Because God don't need to pray to God. He was just setting a pattern for us. Amen? Jesus is God. Amen? He was set a pattern for us. He, he, he died, he lived, he died because he was saying a pattern. He was showing, this is how you do it. This is how you live the life. You pray. So we're going to talk about five things to seek in prayer. Everybody said five. Five things to seek in prayer. 
Amen. And we're going to teach you how to pray effectively. Now, this, many people say the Lord's Prayer or the disciples' prayer religiously, and it's a great start. Amen. This is a foundation. This is not something that we should just do religiously every day. Well, I said the Lord's Prayer, so I'm done. No, Jesus is giving us a pattern. He said it's not the, it's not the power in the words. It's what comes behind the heart. See, we get caught up in the art. God is focused on the heart. Come on. The Bible says man looks on the outward appearance. I know I look good today, right? On the outward appearance. But my heart could be dirty. But God looks on the heart. Amen? You could come to church funky and looking like a slob, but your heart could be right before God. So we can't get caught up by what we see on the outward because the outward appearance, come on now, the outward appearance could look torn from the floor up. It could look shabby, chic, or whatever you call it. Amen. But the heart is what matters. So that's why we can't get caught up in the art of people. Come on, how they do certain things, how they, how, how, how they, how they get caught up in their craft and, and their ability. Because many times that stuff don't mean nothing to God. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you have not love in your heart, all that stuff is nothing but a clanging noise and a loud gonging symbol. Come on now. But it's about the heart. So we're going to talk about five things to seek in prayer. Five things to seek in prayer. And I'll be out your way this morning. Amen. You might want to get your pad and pencils ready because we're about to eat. Amen. Praise the Lord. I got the carving knife this morning. I'm getting a sharp this morning. Amen. We're going to slice it nice and thin. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's feast in the word of God. Five things to seek in prayer. Number one. Seek God's presence with a worshipful heart. With a worshipful heart. Seek God's presence with a worshipful heart. This morning, as we were worshiping this morning, amen, as our sister April and, and, and our sister, amen, Marola was leading us in worship this morning. I, I love the fact that they don't call themselves worship leaders. They call themselves lead worshipers. But they say, I'm not here to lead anything. I'm just here to worship first. Come on. Just join me in the game. Come on. I'm not here to be a cheerleader. Say, come on, y'all worship. Come on. No, I'm worshiping. Y'all better just join on in with me. Because if y'all don't want to go, I'll go all by myself. Seek God's presence with a worshipful heart. Amen. Matthew 6, 9 says, our Father, King James said, who art in heaven? Hallowed be thy name. That word hallowed, amen, in the Greek is the word hagiazo, and it means to make holy. It means to purify. It means to consecrate. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, your name is set apart from every other name. That's what hallowed means. When I first heard that word hallowed, there's something hallowed inside of a hollow piece of wood. No, hallowed meaning holy, consecrated. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Set apart is your name. There's, uh, there's no other name like your name. We were singing last Sunday, there's no God like Jehovah. There's no God like Jehovah. There's no other God like you. There's no other name like your name. Your name is set apart. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He has a name that's above every name. 
Whatever your problem is today, know that his name is above that name. His name is above sickness. His name is above death. His name is above hurt. His name is above everything. He has a name that's set high. Seek God's presence with a, a worshipful heart. His name is holy, holy, holy. And it's not just saying your name is holy, but it's also making his name holy. Are you making his name holy in your life? It says to consecrate, not just consecrate. In other words, I have given my heart and my life to God. I'm making his name holy by the way I'm living because I'm coming to him. Whitney used to sing the song, I look to you. In other words, I'm coming to you. Ain't no one else can do but you. Come on. You know, you've been in jacked up situations. And you're like, Lord, get me out this one. Let's make a deal, Jesus. Just get me out. If you just do it just this one time, I promise. If you just get me out this one, I know I messed up. Lord, help me. Holy is your name. I'm crying out to you, God. Come on, holy. You got to come to him with a worshipful heart. Come on, so many times we so quick to pray, and I'm guilty of this. And sometimes I gotta check myself. I said, Lord, forgive me. Hold up. Because I'm quick to say, Lord, I just thank you this morning. But God, I need this, and I need this, and I need this. And then I hold up. Wait, 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 Arthur. That's not the pattern for prayer. That's not the pattern for prayer. Come on, you gotta come with a word. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. Come on, you wanna get to the presence of God, you need to learn how to give him thanksgiving. Come on, we don't need to wait till November to have Thanksgiving to give Thanksgiving. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. We have to come with a spirit of thanksgiving. Where has the gratitude gone in the house of God? We have to have a spirit of praise. Some of us, we, we, we don't even thank God for being saved anymore. We got this spirit like he, he better have saved me. He better had delivered me. Like you such, he must, like you think you all down a bag of chips and a coke on the side. But come on, somebody, we have to have a heart that say, Lord, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for pulling me out of a fiery furnace. I thank you for bringing me out of, out, out of, the, out of the jaws of hell. Come on, we have to have an attitude of gratitude. Come on, we have to have a worshipful heart this morning. Hallowed be your Name. It's consecrated. It's set apart. Nothing like it. It means to purify. You have a pure name. It's not a tainted name. It's a pure name. It's a holy name. It's a righteous name. Hallowed be your name. Seek God's presence with a worshipful heart. Number two, seek God's priorities over your own. Uh-oh. See, God's priorities over your own. Matthew 6, 10 says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Here's the pattern. God has already set up his kingdom in the, in the heavens. God has already orchestrated the plan for your life. You just don't know it yet. The Bible says that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, he knows when you came into the faith, and he'll know when you graduate. Come on now. 
He has a blueprint for your life. Your problem is you have to access that blueprint. It's like email waiting for you every day. Unless you log on, you won't get the mail. You won't get your message. Unless you pray and connect to God, you'll never understand his will or could do what he's called you to do. If you do not connect with him through prayer, if you do not seek God's priorities for your life, you will constantly find yourself hitting your head up against the wall. We have to seek God's priority. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom. In other words, we are citizens of God's kingdom. We have to seek his kingdom. We have to seek his will. We have to seek his will over our own will. That means that even if we don't like it, and there are times where God will ask us to do things that we do not like, but nevertheless, not my will. Your will be done. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. God, I'm seeking your priorities. What is your will for my life? Your kingdom come. Not Arthur's kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Your sovereign will. If it doesn't work out the way I think it will work out, your will be done. You know what's best for me. I was counseling an individual this weekend. We were going through through some discoveries. Many times in pastoral counseling, you just let people talk. You you, you don't need to talk too much. You just listen. And sometimes as you talk, you will talk out your own answers. And you'll come to the conclusion, and it'll be like, whoa. And you have that eureka, that boom, the light bulb just goes off. You're like, oh, my God. That's what I need to do. But sometimes what happens is when that light bulb, when you have that moment, when that light bulb just goes off, sometimes it's not the answer that you thought it would be. And sometimes that thing can shake you. This individual was in tears because this individual was like, I don't believe that I have to actually make this decision. I don't believe that this is the decision that I'm actually making. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Seek God's priorities over your own. Your kingdom come. Are you bringing God's kingdom to the earth today? Have you been seeking God's kingdom this week? Have you been seeking for his will this week? Pastor, I'm in a crossroad. I don't know what to do. Have you been asking God for his will? Are you asking everybody else what God's will is? Because it's good to seek counsel, but have you asked God? Because sometimes we want everybody else to pray for us, but we don't want to pray for ourselves. Would you just pray for me? Would you just pray for yourself? You have a relationship with God. That's what this whole series has been, about you establishing your own relationship with God. Because you have people who mean well, but they'll give you the wrong counsel. Sometimes we could be genuinely incorrect, genuinely wrong. Our heart is in the right place, but we're wrong. And we can lead people astray. You have to know the will of God. You have to know the priorities of God for yourself. 
It's one thing I'm saying it. It's one thing your friend's saying it. It's one thing your mama's saying it. It's one thing your professor's saying it. But what is God saying to you? You have to have a confirmation down in your soul. You have to know what such said the Lord to you. That's how people get jacked up and messed up in the church. Because they don't hear what thus saith the Lord. They hear from everybody else. This is what God is saying. You should do this. And they go do this. Oh, no. But God said you should do this. And you go do this. And you toss to and fro. But every wind of doctrine. Because you have no foundation. You don't have a relationship with God. He said, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? You know, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You knew me not. In other words, you did not have a relationship with me. You were doing church. You was doing, quote, unquote, the right things that are outward. But your heart was far from me. Are we seeking God's priorities over our own? Number three, seek God's provision for your daily needs. Seek God's provision for your daily needs. Give us this day our daily bread. I could stop there and close up the service. Give us this day our daily bread. Are you seeking God's provision this morning? This bread is not just in the natural sense. Because we need God to give us daily bread. Amen? How many had breakfast this morning? You had a snack? Some of you stopped at Starbucks before you got here. Amen? Some of you went to Dunkin' Donuts. Amen? You got your big and tasty, whatever you get. So you went to the McDonald's drive-thru, had your sausage, egg, McMuffin. Amen? Give us this day our daily bread. Thank God for food in the cabinet. We went to stop and shop last night. Thank God for food. Come on. Don't get so such much like you can't thank God for your food. That's why you got to bless your meal. Lord, I thank you for this food. Come on, I sure enough thank God for my food. Can you tell? Praise the Lord. Amen. God, thank God now. He has provided. Come on now. Come on, you don't just got rice in your cabinet. You come on, you got an assortment this morning. Come on. Come on, you go in the freezer. Do I take out the chicken or do I take out the beef? Or do I go in the cabinet and take out the tuna? What am I going to have this evening? You got options. You need to learn how to give God thanks for that. You got options. He put a roof over your head. Come on. He didn't pitch you in a little shack. You got a place. Come on now. You didn't design your house, got your curtains, got your dishware, got all that. You got to give God thanks for that. Some people eat over paper plates and plastic cups and forks. Or it's eating out the can because they don't got that. You wear your closet. Do I wear this, this shirt with this dress? Honey, does this look good on me? This, this, can I wear this? Like this? Does, that, does, does that work? God has provided for you. Do I wear the black shoes with the shiny pumps? Or do I wear those ones? Because that's the bohemian look. But you know the plaid is in this season. Because I was watching what not to wear. And they were saying that. And you got choices. Give us today our daily bread. Send your provision, Lord. Send your provision for my life. Send your provision for me to get through this day. I need you, God. I need your provision. Almost always preach, God, 
will not give you vision if he can't give you provision. Come on now. The only, only reason this church has been in existence for almost eight years, amen, because God has given us vision. And every step of the way, he gave us provision. Every time I wanted to just go in the tower and say, you know what, enough is enough. Come on now. God always sent provision because where there is vision, he'll give you provision. He'll give you everything that you need. Do you have a vision for your life? Because God ain't provided for no one who got no vision. What are you doing with your life? What's the purpose? What's your call? What's the desire that he's birthed within your heart? Are you going after your dreams this morning? He wants to give you the provision that you need. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. I like King James. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. He will provide. He will supply. He will give you everything you need. But you just got to call on him this morning. You got to call on him this morning. Our daily bread. Daily bread also speaks of the spiritual aspect. Come on. The Bible said that he gave them that the children of Israel manna from heaven. Amen. That's a term that we use spiritually now. God will give us manna from heaven. He will give us a word for the day. He will give us his direction for our life for that day. You know, God is always speaking, you know. The question is, are we listening? Because sometimes we do too much talking. And sometimes we have so many distractions all around us. Oh, we just got a Twitter. Oh, I just got a page. Oh, I got to update Facebook. Oh, I got to check in on this. Oh, I got to check on my Google+. Plus. Oh, my mom just caught me. Oh, my wife just caught me. And we're just so distracted all around us. But we're not listening to God. We're not listening to him. And many times God has to cut us down to get our attention. He'll cut it all off. Because your relationship with him is all that you need to survive. Because if you have him, you have everything. If you don't have him, you don't have nothing. Nothing, I don't care if you got it going on. I got a good job. I'm making a little, a little ching-ching. I'm, I'm doing my little thing, pastor, you know. I just do what I got to do. Just trying to make it another day, another dollar. It's just doing all the different things you got to do. But if you don't have God, you don't have nothing. Because you could have all that and still be miserable. Come on. Why do you think millionaires commit suicide? Come on now. Just thought of hanging themselves. Just miserable because you could have all of that and still have nothing. There's a void inside of you that only God can fill. You have to seek God's provision for your daily needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Feed me, God. Feed me. There's a song we used to sing in the old church. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting in my soul. Bread from heaven. Feed me now till I want no more. Fill my cup. Fill it up and make me whole. Come on, that, that should be the prayer. Fill my cup. Your soul is hungry. Not just this outward thing. Not just your flesh. Your soul is hungry. That's what we come to church. Because our souls are hungry. Come on now. You can't eat one meal, one natural meal on Monday, and somebody's going to keep me to, to next Monday. 
No, you got to eat every day. Come on now. And then you have those special times where you just have a big spread. Amen. Amen. We celebrate the Peter's housewarming yesterday. They had a spread. Come on now. They had a little bit of everything. Some food I never tried before. They had a little bit of everything. They had a spread. They had different types of desserts. Come on now. That's the way church is supposed to be like on Sunday. So you're supposed to have your daily bread every day. Amen. Feed yourself for Sunday. It's like Thanksgiving for your soul. Come on now. Because with all the things, come on, come on. What happened with Thanksgiving? Your family come from afar. You haven't seen them all year round. Your cousins and everybody, grandma come up. Amen. It's a family reunion. That's what Sunday is supposed to be like in the church. It's supposed to be a family reunion where the body of Christ gets together. Where two or three are gathered in his name. His word said he'll be in the mess. And he'll feed our souls. It'll be like a smorgasbord. Amen. Come on, you were just singing by yourself all week. Praise God. You just hanging by yourself. But on Sunday morning, you got two worship leads up in the front. Come on now. Being the lead worshipers. Come on. Now we got a whole congregation. It's a different atmosphere. It's a corporate anointing. It's different. And so that's the power of God giving us our bread. So we can feast. But Sunday is a special feast. It's a special time. For us to come together and receive God's provision for our daily needs. Hallelujah. Number four, seek God's pardon for your sins. Seek God's pardon for your sins. What's pardon? Pardon means that he let you off the hook. Pardon means that you're guilty. You know you should get the full penalty for what you did. Come on. That's what pardon means. Pardon. Seek God's pardon for your sins. When someone is guilty, they lay themselves before the court and ask for the judge's mercy. Lord, I I ask you to pardon my sins. Please forgive me. Forgive our debts as we also forgive our debts. Because he's not just talking about the man that calls you every day. Come on, ask him for a ma'am. You're late on your car note payment. When you're going to pay. He's not talking about that type of debt. Amen. He's talking about those people who have done something to you and the people you have done something to. Starting with him. A debt. You indebted to that person. You owe that person because of what you've done. Forgive us. <laughs> Our debts. As we have also forgiven our debt to us. Now, if you read that right, it says, forgive us our debt as we have as we have also have forgiven. In other words, you did something before you asked God for forgiveness. In other words, you forgave those who hurt you first. You can't go to God and say, God, forgive me for what I did. Lord, I know I lied last night. I know, I know. I, Lord, I'm so sorry. Just forgive me. I didn't mean to do it, God. I really didn't mean to do it. And then God said, but did you forgive Johnny for doing that to me? Well, I ain't forgiving him. That snake, I don't know. No, no, I ain't forgiving that person. Snake in the grass. No. But God can't forgive you. God don't work like that. He said, Lord, forgive me for my debts. Forgive me. Forgive us. As we have also, as we also have forgiven our debt to us. Those people who have wronged us, we forgive them. 
the people who want to offend you, want to hurt you. And you have to re- for, see when someone offends you, you need to release it to God in prayer. That's the key. You got to release it, Lord. This person did this. I don't know why I'm feeling this way, but I feel a certain way when I get around this person, this individual, or or get around this particular thing. Okay, Lord, I confess that to you. Lord, please forgive me for that. I, I, I release that to you. Now, if you keep finding yourself saying, I constantly release it, then that's, what you, that's the point where you need to go talk to the person. Because some things you can release in prayer. Someone can say something, do something. And sometimes it's just you. Sometimes you got to get over yourself. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you suck. <laughs> the problem is not the person. The problem is you. So sometimes you got to get over yourself. Your own insecurities, your own fallacies, your own things that trip you up. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes we're just too sensitive. We have feelings on our sleeves. Someone look at us the wrong way. Oh, no, he didn't look at me like that. He don't know me. I don't like him anyway. I ain't coming back to that church. The pastor didn't even greet me last week. I didn't even see you. You came late. <laughs> but we get so stuck up on those different type of things. But when it comes to a place where that thing keeps affecting us and praying and making it work, that's where you need to go to the person. Come on now. And that's about what we get stuck at. Because we're quick, Lord, I just release that person to you. Just take the pain away, God. And the pain's still there. That, that, that means it's time to take the next step. You need, to go deal with, you need to go deal with the person. And that's why we have communion. And we talk about we, everything is right. And we have, and we're unified. And we're all one body. And we're lying. And the Holy Ghost sees our hearts. And he's just sitting there going, what a shame. I can't even bless them because they're not in one accord. They're lying to each other. They're faking it. They ain't being real. Because we can get food on the outward appearance, but God looks at the hearts. He sees what's on the inside of us. Lord, if we confess our sins, 1 John 1 9 says, He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We have to deal with those issues. We have to deal with the things that will hinder us. We have to deal with the issues that will try to lock us up. We have to come against that. Seek God's pardon for your sins. I love this. So this is at the cross. At the cross. Where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there. (laughs) By faith, I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. It was because of his pardon. He pardoned my sin. He set me free. He cleansed me. So we, we, we lose the power of these songs. We say, oh, the hymns, that's just, that's written in the 1800s. We don't need those songs. Yes, we do. This word, this scripture, this depth, because sometimes this new stuff don't work for me. I love God beyond our galaxy. You are whole. I like that. That's good. And sometimes that gets me in, praise the Lord. But sometimes I need what can wash away my sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Singing, oh, precious is that flow. 
that makes me white as snow. Okay, let's stop, 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 stop. We'll keep on going. We're going to worship again. Come on. But that's sometimes you need that. You need that. Come on. You, you need that to remind you of what Christ did. But we in this, give me, give me, give me now, now, microwave. I got to have it now. Beep, 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 beep. Five minutes. Okay. Beep, beep, beep. Five hours. I need a five-minute breakthrough. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And God said, wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he will strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Sometimes you got to wait in God's presence. Well, I prayed, Pastor, and nothing happened. Baby, how long you pray for? I prayed for about five minutes. You got to wait. Your little five minutes. Come on, you the phone with boo-boo. Hours and hours. You want to give God five minutes? And you expect him to shake eternity to give you your little answer to prayer? I don't think so. You got to learn how to wait. Travail. Come on, sometimes you just got to say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I glorify you. See, see, we don't understand waiting and gratefulness and, and having that attitude of gratitude. We just want it fast, quick, in a hurry. Oh, church is an hour and a half. It's 90 minutes. Let me get in and let me get out. What is one thing the glory of God come to this place so much that we're all on our faces in the rows and two, three hours pass? Oh, I got to go. You go ahead and go. I'm going to get what God got for me. I'm getting my soul fed. You go ahead and be empty by tomorrow. I'm going to get me fed for the whole week. When you come to God, you have to come hungry. He said, him who hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. You have to come hungry for God. If you don't have no passion, come on, man. It's like you have a passion for that girl you're talking to. Like, mm, 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 she's fine. Thank you. You got passion. You want to get to know that person. You got that drive. You got that oomph. Come on now. That's the type of drive you need to have for God. That drive, that, that passion. Not in a perverted way. Don't get it twisted. But that drive for God. Ladies, that drive. Well, I need a boyfriend. You don't need no man. You need God. Get God. Let him satisfy your soul. Let him say how beautiful you are and that you're the apple of his eye and that you're the fairest of 10,000 and that you're wonderfully and, and, and you're fearfully made. Come on now. Don't let no joker come and tell you, oh, you look good, girl. Who did your hair? How you doing? How you doing? Can I get your digits? I can come to your church. You go to church. You're a church girl? Yo, she a church girl. You're a church girl. What you do at church? I think you nice. Get your brown eyes. It's you. And we get so, and y'all get all, oh, really? You know, well, I don't normally, okay. It's my Facebook, it's Facebook. Get all caught up on that stuff. Come on, if you have a relationship with God, come on, you can see, you can see them a mile away. Come on now. You know who's real, who's genuine. Don't get all caught up on the outward appearance. Come on now. Because you, you get caught up on the outward appearance, you'll miss your blessing. Come on, that's to help somebody get a husband. You get so caught up on the outward appearance, you'll miss your blessing. Brothers, you get so caught up on the outward appearance, you'll miss your blessing. Well, I want someone who's thick and this and that. 
Look, you want someone who loves God and who will love you unconditionally. Come on now. Because let me tell you, the, as age happens, things begin to sag, weight begin to get gained, stuff begin to move around, and it ain't the same anymore. Come on, beauty is fleeting. Come on now. But what's tight and right is loose and falling. Shut Can you still love me then? Come on now. When it's false now, it ain't real anymore. Come on. Come on. When I can't do what I used to do, you can still love me then. That's the type of person you want. Getting so caught up on the outward appearance. So what? He's not your color. So what? He don't look the way you think he should look. So what? He got a jelly roll on too. Big deal. Does he love God? Does he love you? I don't know who that's for, but that's for somebody. Praise the Lord. That was free. Amen. Stop getting caught up on the outward appearance. That's not even in the message. Praise the Lord. Seek God's pardon for your sins. <laughs> Repent. Stop judging people on the outward. Come on. Jesus. Let me behave myself, Lord. Okay. Whew. Five things to seek in prayer. Hallelujah. Seek number one, seek God's presence with a worshipful heart. Number two, seek God's priority over your own. Amen. Number three, seek God's provision for your daily needs. Four, seek God's pardon for your sins. And here is number five. This is a good one right here. Seek God's power to overcome temptation. <laughs> Seek God's power to overcome temptation. Matthew 7, 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. One verse says the evil one. In other words, you see, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but the devil is loose on the earth. Amen? He's loose on the earth. So many times, his job, the Bible says, is to kill, steal, and to destroy. That's his job. When you follow Jesus Christ, you have become his number one enemy. Come on. It's not the terrorists, but they're working on his side. It's not all that other stuff. Come on. Not the government. It's not any. It's you, the believer, the follower of Jesus Christ. You are marked his number one target. See, when you're not following God, and you're not making any type of opposition against him, he could care less about you. But the moment you say, God, I'm going to give God a try. I'm going to live for God. I think I'm going to do what that pastor said to do. You know, I'm going to come to church. I'm going to join the church. As a matter of fact, you know what? I'm going to write my first tithe check. I've been tithing a while. I've been over tithing. I'm just going to do it. The minute you make a decision to go for God, is the minute he'll put you on his target list. He said, you know what, demons? Look, look, look. That one right there. Infiltrate. Get him. Get her. That's what he'll do. And he'll bring all sorts of temptations around you. All sorts of problems around you. Because his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to annihilate you. You took his job. What do you mean, Pastor, I took his job? Well, before Satan became Satan, the Bible said his name was Lucifer. He was in the heavens. As a matter of fact, he was a worshiper. His job was to reflect the glory of God. But see, the problem is he started, look, he stopped looking at God and began to look at himself and look at all this light. I'm shining. Look at me. 
I'm just bright. Look at me. It got full of pride, and he thought it was all about himself. And God said, oh, no, you got to go. And kicked him out of heaven and threw him down to the earth. And so what happened? God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to redeem all mankind. And what, be ha- what happens to us? Now we reflect the glory of God. Now we are worshipers. That's why it's so important to worship. That's why the devil don't want you to worship. He said, I can do anything to get you from opening up your mouth. If I can get you so worried about what's going to happen tomorrow so you don't even pray. He wants to do that because you're doing his job. And if you know how to do it, you do it well. And so when you begin to do things God's way, he will begin to send temptation after temptation your way. Dancers, you watch out this week. Don't think you were just up here dancing going, sing. Oh, you better believe he's a uh-uh. Did you see them? No, we got to get them. We got to shut that thing down. They're not going to dance. Let me send her old boyfriend back this week. Come on. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me let their professor get on their nerve this week. Let me not let them pray this week. Come on. He'll come and shut you down. Come on. Don't think the devil ain't playing no games in here. Lead us not into temptation. You got to pray that joint daily. Because if you don't open up your eyes and see, you will be deceived. The Bible says many are deceived and they fall away from the faith. They fall away from serving God because they think the truth is actually a lie. And it's not because you're deceived. Your eyes have become spiritually blinded. Lead us not. It's in temptation. Deliver, deliver us from the evil one. Deliver us from the evil one. What you mean, the evil one has us? Sometimes he has us, you don't even know. Sometimes you bound up, you don't even know. Life has got you like a noose around your neck, and you're being choked emotionally, spiritually, and you feel like you can't make it. You feel like you're strangling. You know, the word, the word worry in German is the word worgen, and it means to choke, to strangle. That's what worry does to us. It chokes us. Anxiety strangles us. Come on. That's what it does. You up on that high, I'm going to do Hey, you worrying ain't making nothing no better anyway. When you're worried, that means you're powerless over the situation. So you need to go to God. Temptations that come all around us. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, the devil know what you like. Come on now. Come on, turn to your other name. Say, neighbor, he know your favorite flavor, ice cream. Come on now. Come on now. Come on. Come on. Single or married, he know what you like. Come on now. Come on. Like chocolate with, with sprinkles. Come on, come on. You like butterscotch? You like butter pecan? You like pistachio? You like caramel? Come on now. Come on, you like a banana float? Come on, he know what you like. Come on, don't get it twisted. Act like, oh, he ain't going to bother me. He know what you like. He know your flavor. White chocolate, he know what you like. Macadamia, he knows it. He ain't going to bring to you no vanilla if he know you like dark chocolate with chips. Come on. He know what you like. And he will send a counterfeit your way. 
Ain't the real thing. See, also before the real thing comes, a counterfeit always comes. <laughs> You're like, this could be the one. Ain't the one. It's a counterfeit. Come on now. It's a counterfeit. For my wife walked in my life, there's a couple of counterfeits that kind of get my attention. Come on. That wasn't a real thing. If the girl's leaving you in lust, that ain't God. Come on, if you if you so much in prayer and you can't focus on God because you're focusing on her, there's something going on. Is she blowing your mind? Is God blowing your mind? Come on. Why am I going here, Jesus? I'm being pushed here. Try, I'm trying. Try to stay on the text. Come on. We get so caught up and we forget. Come on, the devil will send those counterfeits our way to try to lock us up. Lead us not into temptation. You got to pray that. God, protect me. Come on. Another thing the enemy does, he loves to send subliminal messages. Come on now. Come on. That's his thing. Subliminal messages. That's what he does. Back in the early 80s, they did this, 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 this experiment in the movie theaters. And so as they were showing the different commercials before the movie would start, they would flash popcorn and keep showing the next real quick. And they would flash a, a, a big thing of, of Coca-Cola real quick. And all of a sudden, everybody began to say, I'm hungry. I need some more popcorn. I'm thirsty. It was sending subliminal messages. Come on now. It's all in the TV commercial. Come on. They say sex sales. Come on. Why are you looking at a commercial for a car and, and you got a hot bikini girl? Come on, because sex sells. Come on. The devil's job is to send subliminal messages. The devil's not just outright. I'm giving you a strategy. I'm trying to help you. Some, I'm trying to help somebody this morning. He doesn't just come out and say, aha, here I am. Aha. He doesn't do that. The Bible says he's cunning. He's slick. He's itching. He's creeping. Come on, he's creeping in the night. Come on. Creep, creep, creep. Come on now. That's what he's doing. He is a creep, but he's creeping. The devil comes, he creeps. He's slick. Come on, he's sly. He got a, a, a silver tongue. Come on, you see how he macked it with Eve and got her to eat the apple. Come on now. But fruit, that apple, we don't know if it's apple. Fruit, come on. He's slick. Come on, he almost got Jesus. And Jesus said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Come on, he is slick. And so you have to be aware of his trickery. He's, the scripture says, I will not have you be deceived concerning the schemes of the devil. Because he's slick. Be careful when you make certain decisions because you have to make sure you're not being deceived. The best of us, I don't care how long you've been saved, I don't care how much scripture you know, you too can fall. Lord, deliver me. Deliver me. Someone said, Lord, deliver me. Come on now. Because sometimes we don't know we bound up. Because we, we tricked up. We've fallen out. We've fallen into traps and temptations. Come on. Subliminal message. That's what he sends. Brothers, married men, you at work, you love your wife, and man, hold him. Okay, okay, Lord, Lord, brought it back. I was at the supermarket yesterday, and the one sister that I saw, she works there. I won't call her sister. I don't know if she said it or not. 
One day I saw it there, and so we was in our automatic checkout. We tried to check out, and my card wouldn't go through. She said, oh, I'll do that for you over, over, over here. So I said, oh, okay, okay. So I noticed when I came over there, she was kind of fumbling. Like, you know, someone getting real nervous and stuff, and just fumbling. And I swiped the card, and I picked through my debit card, and typed in my PIN number and everything, everything. And then all of a sudden, she took the receipt out. The receipt dropped. And then she looked at me, and then she just smirked, and she smiled. And I'm just like, I said, okay. And then I'm walking. I said, okay, I think you have a nice day. And I'm just like, what just happened here? And my wife looked at me with her serious look. She said, she, likes, she lusts me after me. She likes me. I said, what? I said, that's, I said, what? And she said, because she didn't even speak to me. She didn't even look in my direction. I was struggling. She just said, can I help you? I said, down boy, down girl, down girl, down girl, down. I said, I'm walking out with you, not with her. You got me. You paid the price. Nine years, nine years. I'm all yours. But see, because I was so much focused, and because I'm keeping my relationship with God, I missed that whole subliminal message. Because that smile could have been, you know, anytime you need someone to check you out, I'm here. And see, see, and see, the trick of the enemy is that nothing was going to happen that day if, if, even, if even my wife wasn't there. But what happens is the next time, and this is the next time you have an argument with your wife, and so you're pissed off and you're going through the store, like, you know what, she just gets on my nerve. And then you go to checkout, and there she go. Why are you looking so down? Are you okay? How's everything going? That's the trick of the enemy. That's where he'll try to get you. Come on now. Be like, well, she notices me. She saw I was upset about something. Hmm, I'll just keep it. And every time you go to checkout, you go to her line because she'll pass you through the front. Come on now. That's the end. Come on, I'm telling you how he works. Come on now. Come on. Sisters, your man get on your nerve. Come on, your husband ain't doing right. You at work and you see talk dark and handsome, fine dark and handsome walking by. And he just says all the right things. Come on now. He just smiles at you. At first, he's like, oh, he's handsome. He's nice. Okay, but I'm married. Praise the Lord. And then time go past. You, next thing, you have an assignment with him. You got to do a special project with him. Come on, you're spending time. Come on now. This is how the enemy works. And we are led astray by the passions in our heart. Come on. The devil, the devil don't just yoke you up like that and say, come over here. No, what he does is he wiggles what you like. Come on, like a carrot in front of a horse. He said, you don't want to eat now, but after a while, you're getting thirsty. You're getting hungry. Don't you want the carrot? Come on, don't you want the carrot? That's what he does. Come on, wives, you better pray for your husbands. You better perform your wifely duty. Come on. Where am I going this morning? I'm trying to behave myself. It's time for us to go. Deliver us from evil. Come on, single folk. I'm trying to live safe. Come on, you made a covenant to the Lord. Because some of you gave up your cookies already. I know, it's okay. Some of you gave up the cookies. But come on, make a vow to never give up your cookies again. Just because you gave your cookies once, don't mean you're going to give it up again. Shut it down. Lock yourself up. Give yourself back to God.
Stop playing that game. You got it, you don't. You got it, you don't. Stop doing that. Shut it down. Give yourself back to God. Deliver us from evil. We playing around in the church. God sees us. And we wonder why God don't hear our prayers. Stop playing games with him. Lead us out of temptation. Matthew 6, 13 says, And do not let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. See, he's smart. You ain't smarter than the devil. You're not. Don't, don't, no, you cannot outscheme him. He's been doing this for thousands and thousands of years. He got a few tricks up his head you don't even know about yet. That's why you got to stay in the face of Jesus. That's why you got to stay connected to God, because he will give you the strength to overcome. See, God opens up your eyes spiritually so you can see things. He gives you wisdom. He gives you knowledge. He gives you ability to see things that you normally can't see. He lets you see people for who they are. Come on now. Oftentimes our enemies are not our enemies. Sometimes it's the friends around us. Lord have mercy. Help me today. God wants us to just commit ourselves to him. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Verse 13, I'm closing. He said, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. He said, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. If you're going through a temptation, that means you can bear it and you can overcome it. If you're finding yourself, keep on, if you're finding yourself keeping, stumb, keep stumbling and you're going through the same situation over and over again, get some help. Get a friend. Come on. Get a friend. If you're struggling with stuff, come on. God wants to help you. He wants to give you the victory. Sometimes we can't overcome by ourselves. Come on now. Brothers, we have, we have a connection group coming up this Saturday. Sisters too. Come on, this is the time where we get to get people to pray with us, to strengthen us. You'd be, you'd be shocked. Everything that's happening in the world is happening in the church. Men are locked up in pornography. We're looking at pornography in the church. People sleeping around and doing different things. It's happening right in the church. Because the world comes to church. But it's our job as Christians to learn how to live God's way. To do it his way. To pray in the pattern that he gave us so we can overcome. Okay, God give us the grace to overcome. So what, you, you slipped up. You made a mistake. It's okay. There's grace for you. That's why this church is called a place of grace. But God has so much more in store for you as you discover how to pray the way Jesus prayed. He said, but when you attempt it, he will also provide a way so that you can stand up under it. In other words, you can stand up under that temptation. You can stand up under that scheme. You can stand up under tricks and the plan that the enemies would try to to take against you. So remember, seek God's presence with a worshipful heart. Seek God's priorities over your own. Seek God's provision for your daily needs. Seek God's pardon for your sins. And finally, seek God's power to overcome temptation. I'm going to ask us all to stand. And I know we spent the day long Amen. But were you blessed by the word of God that came forth this morning? Let's give God praise for the word. That was not me. That was God talking this morning. Come on, I think you do a little bit better than that. 
Hallelujah. 